Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 402 on Tuesday, the 1st of June, 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. And I'm not Andrew, I'm Alex. Uh, This week, we will be asking if Andrew is in fact Nostradamus. We'll discuss how many massive battery plants the Northeast can actually accommodate. And we veer away from our normal motorsport coverage. Yep. So thanks. Uh, Alex Grant, everyone, by the way. Um motoring uh, award-winning motoring journalist uh because because we couldn't we, <laughs> we, we we couldn't find any non-award-winning ones who wanted to be on <laughs> no thank you no thanks alex for giving up your your uh your evening when uh when andrew is um sunning himself on the beach somewhere according to the photos i keep getting sent no problem thanks for having me uh, anyway let's get started uh with some follow-up Yes, and uh, it's the old favourite again, Dieselgate, although it does seem to be kind of going through the final phases, I guess. Uh, and it's the, the news that uh, Martin Winterkorn has agreed to pay a 10 million euros to his former employer uh, in terms of damages following the, following the crisis, uh, according to an article on Business Insider. So the idea is that uh, Volkswagen was going to be um, pursuing him for costs for the damages of the, the reputational damage that had been inflicted by the crisis and i guess this kind of wraps that up before it it, it gets that far so yeah it, it seems to it, it's they were as you said they were about to, to to start pursuing him uh so this agreement seems to have been seems to have been reached uh it's got to be uh signed off by the shareholder agm in july uh, and neither party is commenting that much yeah about. it's it's an interesting one. i mean i sort of keep, keep looking at the dieselgate thing and wonder i mean i i remember the day the heady days of martin Mintercorn sort of being in charge and sort of all this kind of confidence that was kicking around around at the time and uh, it's interesting kind of looking at yeah i mean there's obviously been i think volkswagen will always have this against them whether it's actually done any damage to the demand for volkswagens or not it's difficult to say i mean people still buy golfs on mass people seem to be buying id3s and id4s on mass and that's all come about i guess because of this so yeah it's an interesting one yeah it's it's weird it's the same with the um you know the having to well we, we keep seeing all these legal uh, legal things coming through saying if you owned a Volkswagen during these dates, join our, you know, join our our, our class action, uh, and it's very difficult to 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 see just where the damages are because it's not as if the cars have dropped massively in value or anything. If any, if anything, the prices have gone up really. Well, it's done the it's done the combustion engine more damage than it's done Volkswagen particularly. I mean, yeah. it's kind of I think it's it's certainly fueled the uh, the move to electric vehicles in a in, mm-hmm. in a big way, and it's it's really kind of changed you know helped change public public opinion and and raise awareness of of kind of clean air and you know all everything like that. So I mean, you know, it, it, yes, I mean obviously there's going to be there's there's, there's reputational damage that will linger, but it's uh, yeah. Yeah. wonder if there's a greater good almost that's come out of it really well yeah yeah i i'm 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 the same yes mm. yes wonderful just just where it's going uh, anyway hopefully it will, will finish up soon because <laughs> five and a half years so far yeah. uh anyway the other story that just keeps on giving is of course uh nissan and carlos guide now andrew said last week i'll bet that they i'll bet that uh that go and appeals the uh, the Dutch court's uh, rejection of his claim that he was wrongfully dismissed from uh, Nissan and Mitsubishi, uh, and sure enough, 
pretty much by the time the show was out the next day, he was appealing. Uh, so, so yes, well read, well guessed, well guessed, Andrew. Um, adding on to that is that foreign investors are suing Nissan Motors uh, over the share price. Uh, I put false teeth in over the share price slump following the arrest of Carlos Ghosn. So this is from about 90 institutional investors from outside Japan, based mostly in UK, Germany, and the US. Uh, and they're demanding a combined 44 billion yen, which is about $400 million, according to Just Auto. Uh, and yes, it's uh, it, it. this is for losses they incurred after the share price plunged. Weird one that. Let's just see what happens. I'm, I'm not sure just how many legs... Uh, there are around it's, it's, surely it's part of the risk of buying stocks and shares and trading in them so uh, yes we'll yes see. another story with massive collateral damage isn't it this one so. mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh yeah but far more far more i was gonna say far more internal damage uh, I yes anyway, so. yeah yeah yep. one last piece of follow-up though Yes, and that's that uh, Daimler has agreed to pay patent fees to Nokia for the technology used in its cars after a kind of a lengthy sort of legal wrangling. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, they've been apparently they've been suing each other in German courts for a while, and it's 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 kind of based on uh, yeah, kind of a, a series of systems that kind of range from communications and yeah, that sort of side of things all the way through to the kind of autonomous cars. Uh, you know, autonomous assistance technologies that are being used. Follows on from Nokia's win against Lenovo in April, which is uh, related to kind of computer technology. And the, the, the kind of the dispute seems to be that uh, the car makers say that the bill is with the suppliers and the technology companies say the bill is with the car manufacturers. So it's a, it's a kind of a, a symptom of a complicated supply chain, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it seems that some of the suppliers as well are, are just as grumbly about this as as, um, uh, as the manufacturers as well, aren't they? Um, because yeah. Continental and Valeo and uh, Gemalto, I'm not sure how to pronounce mm. that one, which is part of part of French group Talis anyway, um, mm. have been complaining about uh, about Nokia's patent fees uh, and licensing fees as well. So I, I think this one's going to grumble on. I mean, it's mm. good that this main deal has been struck because this was the one that was getting the headlines. But I think this is going to grumble along in the background for a little while as well. Moving into new news. Uh, Birmingham has introduced its clean air zone following a bath uh, into this. Uh, it's originally meant to start today at the time of recording. That's the 1st of June. Uh, but it, they're not going to be charging anyone for the first two weeks uh, because there are all sorts of issues with some of the charging structure. Uh, from the 14th, though, uh, drivers of polluting cars will have to pay £8 a day to enter the enter the zone um yes yeah there's a it, it seems to be that it seems to be settling on this kind of euro six for diesel and euro four for petrol thing it does seem to be some semblance of similarity mm-hmm. between this and kind of other other clean air zones that seems to be the dividing line although i find always find with these that euro six seems to me to be a very kind of there's Euro six and there's Euro six and there's Euro six, isn't there? I mean, the yes, there are A, B, C's and D's. I think if I'm D's remembering. and there's D and there's D temp and there's D kind of proper. It's it, it's more complicated than that. And there's an EVAP version as well, which tests for evaporative emissions from the fuel tank or something. Anyway, one an early Euro six diesel is quite a different thing to a late one. It seems just, it might sound logical from the outside to draw the line there, but it's not not really. So yeah, I, I know that Andrew was having a, a grumble about this 
this earlier on today because he was saying that he's uh that his car is allowed into london his saab is allowed into london but not birmingham oh really um yeah there is there seems to be some sort of amount of crossover between the two uh so it's just worth checking that if you know about one you will need to check the other before yeah, there's a checker people. online isn't there there yeah. is a checker online yeah it's just to say that they're having payment issues uh but but yes we'll see just just what happens obviously oxford oxford's way of charging you to enter the center of oxford uh comes along later this later this year and bath already has has a clean air zone in place mm. for uh uh pcv uh, so public vehicles um buses uh and uh and trucks as well and commercial vehicles so so yeah there's a little bit of a difference uh going around the place uh supposedly bristol portsmouth and manchester are expected to adopt them as well so i'm sure that they'll be watching carefully uh, just to see what goes horribly wrong in birmingham yeah i think it's the thin end of the wedge isn't it this it's going to become more and more common it's inevitable it it really is Mm, absolutely anyway alex to avoid that I was going to say, in, in clean energy news, uh, Nissan is rumoured to be uh, setting up a gigafactory uh, adjacent to or on the same site as the Sunderland site where the leaf is produced. Uh, the gigafactory, which is, I know, a term that Andrew is not overly keen on, relates to uh, more than a gigawatt hour of capacity, battery capacity being produced. He, 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 got, he, got, he got beaten into submission on that one had to, and had to, um, had to agree that there was reason behind it. See, I tend to listen to these in the car, so I'm kind of there going, ah, oh, I need to remember to say something about that next time online. Somebody is wrong on the internet. No, it's, uh, uh, yeah, currently unconfirmed. It's a Financial Times story, uh, and it'll kind of, it, it makes a lot of sense, let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's a massive EV production site, and batteries are costly, tricky items to transport, uh, and the supply chain is becoming more and more local. I mean, we're seeing gigafactories springing up all over Europe and and rightly so it's you know millions and millions and millions of pounds worth of batteries coming over from China is possibly not the most sustainable way to produce uh, clean vehicles so uh, yeah totally agreed and inter- I mean, interesting thing as well with Nissan in Sunderland is that the battery um, uh, the battery factory up there supports all sorts of local kind of innovation based industries that are using the cells for other things uh, so it, yeah i mean it's a, it's a good thing all round if you've got that kind of capability up there it's an interesting little site that because it's um when you look at the size of the battery facility and the recycling facility compared to the rest of the factory it is a tiny tiny amount of space hmm. or at least it certainly was when i was back long before the podcast when i was doing work up in sunderland um then then yeah it was it was the, the office i was working in had a view towards that we had the paint shop on one side and the battery facility on the other side it's good capability that we want here isn't it it's kind mm. of building it's bringing not only that kind of manufacturing expertise it's bringing also the r&d that uh, you know it's not only bringing that battery building capability to sunderland it's also kind of fostering that hub of you know, innovation nearby, which is which is really valuable to have in the UK, and obviously it sets Nissan up to to build cars and electric cars, the right kind of cars, the future cars, in in Sunderland going forward. So mm-hmm. it's a nice kind of future future proof addition. It is, and it joins uh, British Vault uh, up there yes. as well. And and as you mentioned, the 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 planned and mentioned Coventry Gigafactory as well, which will be mm-hmm. somewhere around about the airport, but nobody knows much much more than that 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, following on with EVs, uh, MPs are to ask the public uh, their opinions on electric cars and what would matter to them when they switch to EVs. There is a very, very short online survey uh, that they've that they've released uh, at that you can take if you're considering or even if you're not considering, to be perfectly honest, uh, purchasing an electric car, but what would actually get you into one? Um, it takes five minutes maximum uh, to run through, uh, and it's available. There'll be a link in the show notes as well as a link to the motoring research story uh, about that. The survey runs until the oh, 2nd of June, so you might be finding it might be a little bit tight uh, tomorrow. I don't know if it runs till late on the 2nd of June, uh, but whenever you listen to this, the link will be there in the show notes. And in a similar vein, uh, one of the biggest challenges is that always tends to get to kind of come up whenever you talk about moving to electric vehicles is uh, public charging. Uh, and the Competition and Markets Authority has just, uh, well, it's just just completed the, the, the second phase of its uh, of its study, looking at kind of how competition within uh, public charging is affecting or or not public uptake. Um, so this started off last last December, they had until the beginning of June to announce whether they would kind of carry out a, a further, more detailed investigation of the, of the, of the networks, which would then, you know, encourage other, other changes to take place. But actually what they're saying is that they don't see that that would be right. Um, there's a massive investment, the off-gem investment in uh, public charging last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and things seem to be moving along in that area. I guess they've decided that, that, that there are other kind of less heavy handed ways to encourage this. Although interestingly, uh, the areas that they highlighted as uh, in need of attention were the uh, motorway service uh, service area charging points, yes. where they see that there are some issues with competition there. Mm-hmm. So uh, lack of yes, yes, or, or, or lack of yes, yes, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I know locally I've got a, a, an EV right at the minute, and I know locally I was having trouble uh, basically trying to trigger a charge at one of the older rapid charges nearby so i sort of gave it five minutes swarm a little bit uh and and then went up this went up the road half a mile up the road and went to one of the competitors and used that instead um, mm. so it's and i couldn't have done that two years ago you know there's the the fact that it when we did charging around britain that it was very much there was a charging company per region mm. completely yeah you know, in the past three years that's completely broken down uh, and so there are, you know, there are multiple, uh, multiple charging companies everywhere you go in the in the UK. I think now. I'm always just kind of uh, in, interested to hear people talk about range anxiety. I mean, I, I I used to commute from from Cardiff to St Albans in a Renault Zoe back when, as you say, I mean, back when it was regional schemes and when electric highway was the only operator on the motorway. And if you arrived at the one electric highway point. Uh, along the route hmm. you had no alternatives you just basically sat in your car and waited for them to come back out and let you use the charging point or you just sat there and cried yeah. um, I, I never got let down to be fair I mean actually back when I was using it it was still really new and for the most part it was pretty reliable but it wasn't without incident during the six months or so that I was doing it I'm told by people who've run both that actually with electric highway the Chademo sockets are really quite reliable it's the CCS ones that are the problem yeah, and the the older ones back when I first started doing it, the older kind of pedestal twenty two kilowatt units, mm. which are still in a, f- a handful of really early sites, um, didn't like the um, uh, Zoe 
that I was oh, running. Right. So sometimes you plug it in, it would fire up, it would run for about 10 seconds, and it would cut out again. And then there was this big software, that, software update that rolled out. So sometimes I'd go off and I'd kind of have a coffee and sit in there and think, wonderful, you know, I'm getting all this wonderful yeah. charge going on in the background, come out and find that it had given me two seconds of charge uh, and been a bit of a waste of time. Yes. yes I, I, things I've, have come on. Yeah, I, I've been there and done that in the past as well, and it's it's that that's quite frustrating. Car theft it fell in twenty twenty surprisingly. Well, not really. Yeah, who'd have thought? I mean, uh, if you're going to start trying, if you're going to pick any time to to steal a car, trying to get away from somewhere while there are no other cars on the road is probably a good way to draw attention to yourself, really. Uh, according to a study by Compare the Market, they they kind of compiled data by twenty from twenty six police forces. Uh, yeah, there was a 15% decline in, in cars stolen last year, uh, which means, I guess, thieves are spending more time at home as well as drivers. Although they're still highlighting that there are issues with keyless car theft. So uh, get dig out my trusty tin, biscuit tin, with literally with biscuits written down the side of it, and uh, stick the keys in that. Definitely yeah. doesn't contain car keys. It contains biscuits because it says so on the outside. I've got one of those little uh, the little Faraday pouches. And to be honest, at the minute, between a press car and my own car, I probably need to get a new bigger one, one that probably isn't ripped to shreds after a few years of use. So it's, it's about time for a replacement, I think. Well, it really does work. I mean, yeah, mm. if you've got a if you've got a, a cheap biscuit tin, I think mine came free with a bread bin, and it was completely unused. And I just thought, oh, I wonder if it will try it. I wonder if it will work. And uh, yeah, it it really does. It's the cheapest way to yeah. And you can walk right up the to the car with them as well, quite often, and it still won't unlock. And, and it yeah, so won't I, I know it that at all. So, yeah, I know that I've tested. It doesn't take much. No, absolutely not. Before we get to the end of the first part, then actually, speaking of cars on my drive, uh, Toyota and Lexus uh, launched a new warranty uh, scheme just today. Uh, the idea is that it's a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty scheme uh, for both new and used cars. Uh, it's called Relax. Don't do it. When you oh, go. Be, we do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and basically, a year's warranty is added each time a car is serviced at uh, a main Toyota or Lexus dealer. Uh, service costs don't change, and everything, including commercial vehicles and uh, some of the more uh, performance-oriented vehicles, are all included. So as long as your car is currently less than 10 years old, currently covered, and has covered under 100,000 miles, it's included, even if it wasn't when you bought your car. So quite a timely addition this as well, considering how difficult it is to get hold of a lot of new cars at the moment. Yes. Yeah. So not a bad thing if you're trying to coming around to replace if you think you're coming around to replacing it, kind of get another twelve months on it. Funnily enough, the car maker that isn't really affected by the chip yes. problems is Toyota and Lexus. Uh yeah. so so yeah, it's it's a weird one. This works right across Europe uh uh, as well so so yes as long as it gets a main or an interim service at a toyota or lexus dealer then then this is triggered uh there's not completely new mercedes-benz vans run run a similar one uh if you've got a mercedes-benz van up to some ridiculous age i think it's more than 10 years then if you get it serviced by mercedes-benz then it will add the, the the time on to it as well so can Clever, clever move though. Clever, clever move. Shows confidence in the product as well, doesn't it? Which is always good for kind of residual values and for. Um, know, just... 
I'm not really in the position to comment on that when it comes to Toyota and Lexus. Am I? <laughs> I was going to say I was t- keeping it quiet at the start of the piece because I was having a drink. No, I wasn't really. <laughs> I don't have a drink to hand, but uh, I'll have one later in, in special in, in honour. Like, yes, exact, exactly. <laughs> you, you're allowed. You're allowed to delay it because because you're the guest. So. <laughs> Uh, but that brings us to to Guilt Minute. Just before we go into Guilt Minute properly, uh, Paul Amorta, you still haven't got in touch uh, with a correct email address for uh, from the prize draw last week and winning the awesome dash cam. If I don't hear from you by uh, next Tuesday, then we will redraw. I still have the, the hat of good fortune, the cowboy hat of good fortune, um, Thanks to my, thanks to my fine, uh, my my fine uh, procrastination techniques, still has everybody else's name in it. Everybody who entered, so um, so yes, we shall be drawing from that next week. Uh, unless you can get in touch, please, Paul, so we can give your name to Pioneer and get that on its way. Uh, otherwise, it is of course the traditional guilt minute, the quick break in the show when we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel that the motoring podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and Spring Store, uh, from stickers to mugs and T-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash, and we completely understand that. Then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, uh, then thank you so very, very much. The last thing that you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues or anyone asking about good podcasts on social media. There we go. Guilt Minute done. Motorsport this week. Neither of our normal motorsports took place last weekend, so no Formula E, no WRC. What I did do though was I did I watched the Indy Five Hundred. I don't know if you saw any of it, Alex, or you were. No, I didn't catch no. it. No. Well, I've never watched it before. I've never really watched any IndyCar or anything like that. So it was kind of it was interesting to see how it was interesting to see how interesting. Oh, well done, Al. Uh, how motorsport can be when. Um, when there aren't really any sharp corners, hmm. uh, but it was really cool. It was it was well worth watching. It was, it was uh, obviously two hundred laps or five hundred miles of, of uh, Indianapolis Speedway, uh, and the winner was a chap called Elio Castroneves. Now I hadn't heard of him before because I'm a luddite when it comes to all this stuff, uh, but this was his fourth win, and that puts him up with people whose names I have heard of uh, like AJ Foyt, Al Unser Sr and Rick Mears, the only other three people who've ever managed four wins uh, in the Indy 500. So, yeah, that's that's quite impressive. Elio is 46 as well, uh, and he just beat a chap called Alex Palou who's 24 um in the duel mm. to the checkered flag and it really was a duel to the checkered flag. It was probably not even a second between them from memory. Uh, but it was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't there early enough to get all the pre-show and all the build-up and everything like that. Um, but it was cracking. It was. It was really, really good. Uh, mostly incident-free uh, uh, as well. There was one uh, where uh, Graham Rahal lost his left rear wheel coming out of the pits, and that just sent him him off, and that led to a big. Uh, 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 
he had a pretty serious crash uh, and the wheel just kept on going and bounced off another car uh, the one of Derek uh, Derek no not Derek Daly pardon me Connor Daly his son Connor the front of Connor Daly's car uh, which was a real oh moment um, as it happened it must have been a heck of an impact uh, but he was fine everybody else was fine uh, so but yeah it was really good really enjoyed it there we go that's it Indy uh-huh. 500 coverage until next year I have to say, uh, Twitter did a good job of marketing it uh, this 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 uh, this time around. There seemed to be a lot of people watching it this year, and everyone seemed to have really positive things to say about it. I think, from what I took up, was that it was a good race, mm. uh, and also the fact that it it fell on the Maybank holiday weekend on the Sunday after afternoon evening when there wasn't really anything else worth watching on, uh, probably helped quite a lot. Mm. But yeah, it was it was good. I, I joined in because I'd been warned by it, it came up in Zoom Zoomers last month, uh, and so and and people would say, well, yeah, really, you should watch the Indy Five Hundred uh, to us all. So I wasn't watching anything else, so I forked out for the the day pass and, and watched the Indy Five Hundred. It was yeah, it was it was really good. I, I I really enjoyed it. I wasn't really expecting to. I said that it was like Formula One with all the interesting corners taken out at one point, and that really, really was <laughs> But I was, I was, yes. The errors of my ways were pointed out, but I had kind of said it in, intentionally, antagonistically, because I knew that lots of, I knew quite a few of the people who were watching it. So. Anyway, enough motorsport. New, new car news. Yes, and uh, there appears to be have been uh, a lifting of embargoes this week on the. Uh, the DS9 E-Tense Hybrid and its uh, petrol, uh, small-selling petrol counterpart, <laughs> which is hybrid. the... Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it's the, the, the top-of-the-range DS product, so it's uh, it's gunning for the likes of the uh, 5 Series and the uh, um, E-Class, I believe. Hmm. Uh, 4.9 metres in length, large French executive car, likely to be an absolute darling of weird car Twitter in about 20 years. Uh, and uh, likely also to decline, uh, de- and likely also to depreciate uh, in much the same way that large French cars tend to, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. However, it does look very good. I think it looks distinctively un-German uh, in in terms of actually being quite uncluttered and quite unfussy. Mm. As the Germans seem to be going through quite a kind of a fussy stage at the moment. It's got that down. kind of diamond stitch kind of thing going on with it. Sorry, I was going to say yes. The Germans, if in doubt make a slash yes yeah which, which kind of doesn't have yeah it's quite refreshingly simple actually mm. um so uh starts at about forty thousand pounds uh offered as an equivalent hybrid and as i said petrol version which i mean uh, the petrol version particularly is going to be a weird one to uh, a handful of those single figure ones and then they've got a four-wheel drive uh 360 horsepower hybrid to follow so Oh, it'd be an interesting car. They've got uh, low benefit and kind on it on it from uh, yeah thirty plus mm. miles of range, so thirty thirty five grams per kilometer CO two. Yes, yeah, thirty three. Nice. Yeah. So I guess there's kind of it's it's then fending off I guess people who uh, might otherwise be buying something from California at the moment. Well, yeah, you kind of yeah. Well, this is uh, right, certainly more interesting looking than that. Anyway. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good look. It'll be interesting to to, to try it and see what it's like. Um, but yeah, it's, it's over seventy to the gallon. People were getting out of the out of the hybrid one. 
on on test this week. So <laughs> yeah, though obviously I guess with all hybrids, it depends where you take them to get that kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it does a bit. So, so, but yes, that's interesting. Uh, the because of course. Uh, it's worth mentioning that the the, the sort of general lack of new new cars because last week in May all of Europe is on holiday. Uh, but the one that has really caught the headlines is the phenomenally expensive Rolls Royce Boat Tail, uh, which is Rolls's latest coach built creation. Supposedly three are going to be built, all a bit different. Um, and yes. It's a convertible two-door Rolls-Royce, which is, I don't know, it's it's a Riva Aquarama for the road, I guess, really, because it does have that look to it, the way it slopes down at the back. Um, and the price is thought to be somewhere between, I don't know, I've seen everything between 10 and 20 million, pretty much. People can't decide. And you choose your currency, by the way. 10, 20 million of whatever you're going to choose, pounds, dollars, euros. Uh, but If you have to ask. <laughs> yeah, well, quite, exactly. <laughs> absolutely. You absolutely hit, hit the nail on the head there. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's coach built. It's very blue. I guess I quite like it, but I wouldn't have that color. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it, this particular one, by the way, has, has a parasol at the back and two folding-out tables. And so not a conventional boot, but these sort of two uh, two hatches that open at the back, uh, one of which uh, holds your food and the other one holds your drinks. Uh, you, you know, your, your, your preferred uh, bottle of champagne, it seems. Uh, and it holds, it's basically a car for picnicking with. That seems to be it. Turning up yeah. at school sports days, that kind of thing. Yeah, world's most expensive picnic basket. It is a bit, yeah. And supposedly, is it Jay-Z and Beyonce? Apparently, yeah. I mm. saw something earlier saying that they'd bought one. So, so there, so. Was, there was one bit that irked me in all of this, by the way. Uh, and this is a, there's an auto, there's an autocar uh, interview with the head of uh, Rolls-Royce's design team. Uh, and there is a paragraph quite far down. It says, we also have custom-built salt and pepper grinders, not shakers, because the client asked... When have you ever been to a Michelin-starred restaurant and used a shaker? Well, <laughs> what I've discovered is when I visit Michelin-starred restaurants, which happens, it's been a while, you know, um, then I tend to find that the food is good enough that I don't need to add extra seasoning to it. So uh, I've used Touché. none of them in a Michelin-starred <laughs> restaurant. Maybe I just go to better Michelin-starred restaurants than Beyonce and Jay-Z, but that's, that's slightly unlikely, really. Uh, but yeah, it's... I think it's kind of cool. I'm not a huge fan of the wheels, but other than that, awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's funny, isn't it? It doesn't seem to matter what they do to to Rolls Royce. It always has that familiar Rolls Royce esque feel to it. Yeah, There's something that I think it's quite an adaptable kind of family design, isn't it? Well, yes, yes. I, I think there are some. There are obviously some key design factors and proportions which they are unwilling to change. Mm. And as a result, you still get a Rolls Royce, mm. something that's definitely a Rolls Royce. Even though in this case they've completely changed the front grille, it's completely inset into the front. It's got completely different headlamps. It's got different tail lamps, but it's still a Rolls Royce. I think that 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 shows that they're a, a little bit clever in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. 
it really is staggering as well. I did actually interviewed uh, Alex Innes a couple of years ago, um, and some of the stuff you can do on Rolls Royces is just incredible. From mm-hmm. I think you're saying they had a customer where they had he had a, a tree that was felled by a lightning storm in his back garden. They had it made into a section of the dashboard, and they had uh, they crushed cr- crushed Swarovski crystals put mm-hmm. into the paint, or you can have diamonds if you want them. It's kind of basically whatever you can dream of, they can they can do. It's quite incredible, really. It, it really is. It's called know, know thy customer um, to, mm. to an extent. Uh, yeah, we did a we did a list of the week at one point on uh, on some of the best, you know, the gallery dashboards, uh, which mm. Rolls Royce felt that they'd done. I can't remember who it was from. It was it was a few months ago, uh, and there's some abs. There's some impressive stuff which is impressive but not necessarily what you choose yourself mm. but also some really stunning beautiful things have, have gone into them so yeah it, it's awesome i think it's i think it's really cool what they can do anyway lunchtime read alex yes so this week's lunchtime read is from autodidact it's discussing the the advantages of uh, aesthetics in terms of seducing people into to buying cars of all sizes there's a little nod to uh, purchasing matchbox vehicles in there which i thought was interesting uh i think i really understand that i think there's a there's a kind of you know i think you can you can sell uh, quite a lot of mechanical bad under something that looks aesthetically beautiful so it's an interesting read it's just kind of discussing kind of the importance of that in uh and uh the impact that it has on 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 uh on, on car buying and on your kind of sense of appreciation of a vehicle mm-hmm. yeah thanks to autodidact for the heads up on this one uh the other thing is this one is is labeled is called the five senses and it's sight so what i'm really hoping for because this is this is quite a new uh, piece is that there will be another four on each of the other senses as well so we'll, we'll try and highlight those whenever they come out um and 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 mention those as well because i think it it this should be an interesting uh interesting article it's from design field trip uh by the way who are quite good at this kind of thing uh list of the week therefore falls to me and i'm an absolute sucker for armored vehicles just because i am no particular reason. Uh, and Autocar uh, came out with a list of the world's greatest VIP armoured vehicles with 19 of the best uh, VIP carriers uh, ever. Um, I know what, I know what my choice is. Have you got a particular choice in, from there, Alex? Oh, let me have a look. Some of them are uh, quite predictable. Other ones, not so much. Let's have a look. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I would have to go French. Maybe it's looking at the DS9 thing a few minutes ago, but uh, I think I'd have to go down the, uh, the French route with that. <laughs> there are well, you've got a couple there. Is is it gonna is it gonna be? It would be no, so? sorry, yeah, it's the no, it's the the Citroen CX, haute protection. Yes, probably murdering that. But, uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's you, so I, it's you, so I won't. Uh, I, I won't make fun <laughs> of you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it it's cool. My I would go for a classic that's in here, of course, and the the uh, the Toyota Land Cruiser. Um, there's just something kind of cool about uh, about just the sort of United Nations ubiquity of them, really, uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff and the different flavors you can get them in. It's a real real favorite DSEI, anyway. See that now? Now I've been now kind of having said that. Um, <laughs> The, there is there is a second nomination that uh, 
on Isofix count alone, I can't I can't reject the uh, the espace an armored espace kind of uh, something kind of appealing about that. Yeah, that's got a nice tie back, I think, to the DS9 earlier on as well, and and French presidential vehicles. Oh yeah, which is what we didn't say. That's what we talked about before. Is is by the way the 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 release cycle of large French cars compared to the uh, presidential elections. Uh, uh, as well that's what we meant to went to mention about the ds9 is how conveniently timed uh, that is well supposedly this espace is is capable of withstanding bombs bullets and uh uh has a self-sealing fuel tank for, to resist landmines but i still wonder if it could survive my three children <laughs> i was about to say that's nothing i'm not to convinced <laughs> <laughs> they are nice that it's so this is the uh current generation of espace as sold not in the uk which is a fine looking vehicle it really is a nice thing have you been in one yes yes they're lovely aren't they They really are lovely actually the old the old one was as well when you're inside it it's yeah nice nice car no these ones are nice on the inside too yeah yes i have been not driven but been the passenger a few times cool cars Hmm. i do like them i'm a sucker for a for an mpv for some unfathomable reason I just like the idea of a monospass. It just uh, really appeals to me. Oh, we're an MPV family, and I, mm. I, I never thought I'd say this, but I love my MPV to bits. It's fantastic. It does every absolutely everything you could possibly want really, really, really well. So, <laughs> That's unless whole... you fancy going around the Nürburgring on your sidewalls. But uh, mind you, even then, I think it'd be quite amusing. It's an extreme edge case, that. <laughs> it is an extreme edge case, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and finally this week is a new card game. So this is the the, the brainchild of uh, Revs, as in Reverend Adam Gompertz, and uh, it's it's reviving. Yes, it's reviving a it's a reviving a well known card game that we can't. I don't think you can really mention because I notice it isn't mentioned at all in the press release. Yes, no, that's what I was trying to read between the lines and say. Yes, yes, it is. A, a presidential card game. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. Anyway, yes. So it's 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 a game where you might compete with certain stats on certain vehicles, but it's been launched by uh, Revs, uh, Reverend Adam Gompertz of uh, the uh, uh, Revs Limiter uh, event series. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite cool, and it's so it's using the it's using the cars uh, put forward by some members of the Facebook group. Uh, as well so it is it is specific cars uh, rather than being sort of generically chosen uh, which is kind of cool and they're thinking that might well add to that uh, in the future it'll be properly launched at the Bista Heritage Scramble event this weekend uh, where it'll be uh, £5 for the launch weekend so if you are at Bista Scramble you might want this Uh, and then it'll be £6 including postage and packing uh afterwards there'll be lots more details i'm sure we'll link to to where we can um yeah uh but it's kind of cool so the the idea is that that yes it's a way of raising money um and people can buy the sets and and if you're part of the facebook group then maybe you can have your car uh included in the future that's going to be an eclectic selection of cars judging by the sort of people who get involved with the events so Yes, exactly. Well, that's what makes those games most fun, isn't it? When it's it, there's when there's a huge, a huge variation in things rather than them all being very similar. So, 
Yeah, I remember Skoda doing one a few years ago, and basically the the kind of the god card of the lot was the uh, two hundred and eighty horsepower superb, as I remember it. It's kind of basically ev- does everything that you could possibly imagine. The 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 version that I remember, uh, the god card was of course the Panther Six, mm. which maybe one was built. Possibly, yeah. A, <laughs> god, and that ties back to armored. If you've got a mind as weird as mine, that that links, that that winds us back to the armored Land Cruisers that we've just spoken about. It's the same company that does both of them. Um, but yes, yes. So anyway, uh, we'll have more details on 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 the the, the Revs card game uh, whenever it comes out. We'll share that on the socials. Anyway, parish notes this week before we round up. Uh, you might notice we didn't get as far as a special edition last week. Uh, the world got ahead of us uh, and we didn't get a chance to record. So uh, those um, road tests will come out uh, rather soon. Maybe one this week. Again, it depends on the world. In the meantime, our last one, the special edition, a 400th uh, edition, is available on YouTube and it's also available uh, on your podcast players that's an hour and 25 minutes of 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 us just talking about us which is highly unusual and kind of uncomfortable and i'm even uncomfortable talking about us talking about us so uh you can see how that's going to go uh but yeah it's just kind of cool it's an ask us anything uh type type show so lots of questions uh, and lots of answers in there uh, that's about it for those and i think that that actually does us uh, for the show uh, this week uh, don't forget that between now oh before i go into this just want to say alex thank you so much um for joining us tonight really no great it's, it's, it's so much nicer to talk to than andrew really is absolutely <laughs> it's fine he does the same to me so i'm i'm not oh, no, I, I have yeah. no shame in this at all <laughs> Uh, but everyone, don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts of the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about our Patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com slash support, and please leave a review and rate you on Apple Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Alex, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Probably best on Twitter, where I am Alex Grant UK. Um, though I'm also on Instagram with an underscore between the grant and the UK. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, then you can get uh, then the best. It's best to use Twitter, where I'm at HJP Bradley. Uh, we'll be back very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley, and I've been Alex Grant, and safe motoring. <laughs>